Welcome back, friends, to Visions Veiled and Violent. Last episode, our band of teenage heroes had their curiosity catch up to them as a pair of arachnid horrors attacked during our exploration of the ruined complex beneath the old well. While the rogue Luthander found himself tangled in an unholy necrotic web from some of the creatures, our combined skill, with more than little luck, dispatched the pair of monsters with relative ease. In the aftermath, our druid Moore identified the creatures as being part of some larger colony. Heedless of the danger, our band pushed deeper into the ruins to discover a chamber full of huge webbed cocoons formed from the same necrotic green resin substance that had briefly trapped Luthander. Our friends Atawale and Moore stepped in to investigate, only to be ambushed by more of the wretched spider things. Moore was struck down, seeing a terrible vision of a dark presence that had haunted her this past day as she struggled to stay alive. Jericho tried to save her, but was also struck down by the monster. My character, the bookish halfling Nevit, managed to distract one of the monsters long enough for Luthander to strike it down, as Adewale dispatched with the other. Barely escaping disaster, but now finding ourselves deep underground, running low on supplies, and questioning whether we ever should have descended in the first place. When last we left off, the young Zadis, who had descended into strange crypts beneath the old well, had discovered these unnatural arachnic revenants, horrific spider creatures with uncanny human-like features. They pushed forward bravely following the druid Moore's vision. There's someone in need of aid down here. Uh, And after finding a vault filled with green, sickly resin cocoons, tried to find signs of life. uh, But when they found what appeared to be a person trapped in one of the cocoons, they were ambushed by two of these horrid spider abominations, and after a fierce melee, nearly lost both Moore and Jericho. And so now we pick up in the aftermath, and I turn over to our Hanataz and ask, what are you doing in this moment, knowing that Moore has just been brought back from death's door, and Jericho, though in a better, slightly better position, is still down. Can I start when Nevitz, um pulls me back to being alive again. Moore's eyes pop open and they glow um, a bright golden color. She takes a moment to realize that she's alive, that the woman's the woman with the cold touch didn't get her. She kind of grasps her hands. She digs her fingers into the ground beneath her to feel alive again. And she looks over to Jericho, seeing her still down, and reaches out a hand, casts um, healing word on her. Yippee. You get eight <laughs> healing. Ooh, great roll. Yippee. Jericho, what's your reaction as you, you surge back to consciousness? I pop back. Oh, I just give a little heart. I give a thumbs up still on the ground and <laughs> just kind of roll my head up and just stare at the ceiling of these human cocoons and just <sighs> just kind of close my eyes. Yeah, I, I think Nevitz makes a very audible sigh. I mean, he, he feels like his knees just about buckled um, when he finally sees Jericho open their eyes and he knows that his family is safe. We've seen fights with townies. We've seen kind of the rough and tumble stuff of carnival life, but this is something else entirely. This is the the stories that would keep you know the Hanatas and and the Adi you know in the in the wagons at night, so we didn't go out uh, into the darkness. And um, 
I think he's somewhere between uh, a panic attack and just trying to figure out, you know, what we need to do to um, extricate ourselves from this situation because this is not worth money anymore. Like, reeling from the battle, Ed Wally, breathing heavily, is gripping his sword still tightly, attuned to battle as um, he was lived growing up among the giants. His own foster father is a storm giant, which is where he gets his the shrieks of lightning that um, were sp- sprouting from his sword as he swung it. That's where he gets his power from. And his knees begin to shake, and he drops to a knee, stabbing his greatsword into ground to keep him upright, and says, I told you, stay behind me. I don't feel good. I'm going to take a nap. So as you're, you're talking among yourselves in this vaulted room with the high 20 feet tall ceilings and the green resin cocoons dangling silently from the rafters, now that the things have been slain and slid open, that ammonia stink is, is almost like assaulting your nostrils. Your eyes are watering and it's, you, you can sense that, that staying here long is probably not going to be good for your health but you still have the person that more spotted entombed within one of the resin cocoons. Adewalia's gonna get up and still breathing heavily. God, stupid visions, stupid spider things, kicks the body, grabs his greatsword, cuts down the cocoon, letting it fall. I don't care if you get hurt. And tries to see if he can stab his greatsword in there without stabbing the person. While he doesn't care if they bruise or break a bone, he doesn't want to kill them outright if they're not already dead. Very delicately with a greatsword and see if he can open this cocoon. This maze comes as a surprise to you. Greatsword's not well known for subtle precision work. Finesse? No. <clears throat> you can open the cocoon with a greatsword. It's just going to probably ruin whatever or whoever is inside. The little heart that's revolving around my head right now is like crumbles to dust. And then I like pull my dagger out as I'm hoisting myself up from the ground. I like tap Edwali on the shoulder. I'm like, I put my hands up and kind of give him this like stop, stop gesture. Uh, And then then I'm gonna take my dagger and try to like carefully cut the cocoon open. Jericho, as you chip open this, this hard crystalline substance, underneath you can see looks to be a, a, a dark-skinned, bearded man uh, wearing fine clothes, uh, probably maybe 10, 15 years older than you, which would put him in his 20s to early 30s. Uh, he has this wide, dilated pupil, drugged look about him, and, and he has the general appearance of, of a Sundestin, someone from far around, far from these parts. With his face freed, you can now see the movement of his nostrils and the, the, the subtle breathing in and out as he barely clings to life from whatever the spiders drugged him with. Nate, for folks who aren't uh, part of the gooey nation yet, can you kind of explain Sudestin a little bit? Right now, you're all in the continent of uh, Verdestia, specifically in West Verdestia, which is similar-ish to Europe uh, as a as analog for the world of Zyathe. Sundestia is to the south uh, and is known for being quite a ways away uh, and a very different culture from this. So 
this man uh, both seems to be well-traveled uh, and of some noble or affluent background based on his attire. Nevitz has seen Ade get like this before. He gets heated, especially if he ever loses at anything. And he definitely looks and sees more and Jericho uh, kind of still overcoming it. Uh, I think he looks up to Luthander to possibly, you know, take lead and figuring out what we need to do here. Uh, I think he looks straight at Luthander and goes, are there more bodies? As he as he gets over and just kind of tries to put a hand on Addy and tries, tries to get Addy to start doing breathing to center himself and come out of the, the rage. So, and, and Luthander is shaking pretty hard still because that is not something that he expected nor is it something he's experienced before. He nods at Nevitz, like, gets what Nevis is saying and just looks around and says, I, th- I th- think when we're out of here, we're going to have to, we need to talk about how we do stuff. I, I think that breaks the tension. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he kind of looks to more and Jericho's like, yeah, we <laughs> next, next time we go into a, a dark cave filled with ominous spiders, we'll, yeah. we'll do uh, a different n- plan of attack. Um, do n- necrotic damage, but are not normal spiders. According to more, okay. So we got a person in the, this cocoon. We might have five other people. We don't know if they're alive or not. I have a question, actually. Ask away. Okay, so like, it's like a hard shell. Am I not able to cut it open with my dagger? Or is it? You're able to crack hard? it open. It's just the. It looks like the whatever this webbing thing is hardens into like a, a resin substance, and you can crack it and and peel it away to the person that's still inside. But it's a delicate work. Okay. So am I still doing that then? Or? I'll turn that back to you. Are, are you yeah, still doing I'm, that, Jacob? I'm trying to. I'm trying to pry this guy out of this sack. Pry away. Um. Let's see. Duck. Give me a perception check, there, Jericho. All right. That is a fifteen. Fifteen. Jericho carefully peels away that this substance from the man to save as much of his exposed skin and flesh as you can. You do find that he has tucked in the side of his belt coin purse. Is he not alive? He's alive. He's, he's, he's clinging to life, but he, he seems to be either unconscious or comatose. Alive, but unresponsive. Does he look rich or like... He looks quite affluent. Oh, I'm taking that bag. Okay. Meanwhile, Lathander. So Lathander looks to more who's clearly still recovering, and looks at Nevitz and says, let's check the other five really fast and see if we think there's people in them. Adewale, you can cut them down as well. And then looks to more. And this is a this is actually a, a technical question. Do we have any healing spells or capacity left at all? First level, we're not going to have a whole lot of what to work with. Nope. I think I used my one. I don't think you were able to use your one because you got knocked down before you cast oh, it. Oh, actually, yeah, that's yeah, right. Still I didn't have, use mine You still yet. have your cure wounds. Oh, yep. so you guys are fine. You're going to be, yeah. Yeah. Well, do we do we use that to bring one of these this guy back into some sort of coherence to tell us what's uh, going on? Uh, I don't care about this person. This person well, has no equivalent value to me. I, like, shake his bag of coins do we want to bring him back? Let, let's let's check the other cocoons. It, it, it might be a family. It might there might be if we can only bring one more back to consciousness. We should choose. So Nate, we're, the three of us, if assuming Adewale and Nevitz agree, we'll, we'll check the other five. 
carefully to see if there's someone in as quickly and carefully because we want to get out of here, I think. Would you say you're being more quick or more careful? More quick. Adewale wants to get out. Yeah. I'm freaked out by what just happened, so I'm definitely being careful. All Adewale has to do is cut him down, so that's what he did. <laughs> when I... I'm hearing this conversation as I'm just lying there with my eyes closed. Can I just open my eyes and just make sure there's no more spiders on the ceiling? Sure, give me a perception check there, more. You're laying on <laughs> sure your back. can do. Yeah, as an advantage, I have a great view. Um, <laughs> 18. Beautiful. 18. Okay, you're lying there on your back, probably contemplating some of your life choices. And yeah, definitely. The favor or disfavor of certain gods. Yeah, looking for any signs of movement that might be even vaguely spider-shaped. And mercifully, there are none. However, okay. you do notice oh that <laughs> it, the vaulting of the ceiling looks like it was at some point used as some kind of shrine, except <sighs> there's no there's no alcove for an altar, except where there's a just ever so slightly off-color panel in the east wall of the room. Okay. Which direction of wall are we on? Well, you're in this, the middle of the room right now. Okay. The ba- the door is to your back to the west. After that observation, I'm just kind of kind of like sit up, like in the fashion of like a vampire coming up from a coffin, just like, um, and uh, <laughs> Nevitz, can I can you give me your journal? Uh, yeah, and Nevitz pulls out his um. It, I mean, it's a it, it's also where he keeps all of his. Dance spells. It, 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 he, he does. Spe- he does spell dancing. It's what. He, so oh. there's. It's a lot of uh, kinesthetics, but he he does have That's to do. Super cool. Not embarrassing at all. I don't know. He's a halfling who waddles. Nothing. At this point, he's used to embarrassing. Um, he hands you his journal. Okay. More accepts the journal and immediately just lays back down and starts flipping through the pages. Oh, okay. And then I mean, Nevitz casts light on the page in case you don't have it. And then he says, "Eddie, why don't you lift me up? I'll." Inspect them. I'll cut them. Luthander, if you want to grab them as they fall so we don't hurt whoever's in them. And Nevitz, I think we will go rapidly, but Nevitz will go up there, look at each one, see if it looks like there's a living person, or if it looks like a monster, we don't cut it down. Try to do with that what you will, Genie. I've made my wish. Do me a favor and roll a d12. Son of a... Use my gooey <laughs> dice. Use my gooey dice. First time I ever rolled it, I got a 12. 11. As you go and peer up into this... You see through the, the haze of the green resin what looks to be the emaciated body of a dwarf. Uh, looks like some sort of cell sword. You can see he's wearing armor, but he just has this horrified expression on his face. And Nevis sits down, a dwarf, I don't know if he's alive or dead. And he, he cuts it and drops it down to Lathander. And then he asks Adewale to take him to the next one. Right. Steps over to the next one. Lathander, you... Uh, you inspecting the fallen cocoon then? Yeah, Luthander's going to have an, uh, a closer look. Okay, now give me a perception check. Perception check, rolling d20. That's a two. Uh, <gasps> with, hang on, hang on. Wait I don't for think it. my bonus is that good. <laughs> it's seven, plus seven, so that's nine. Not great. That's a really good bonus. So you can it see is good. Th- that's my you can, one. You that's can my see superpower. through the resin that he's a, he looks to be some sort of adventurer or explorer based in his garb. But you'd, you'd have to open the cocoon to check him further. Meanwhile, next cocoon? Yeah. Uh, D12 again? Please do. It's a weird die to roll for this. I don't know mm. where you're going with this, Nate. Don't blame me. Lucky blame seven. Seven. You look up, you see that the when the light hits this cocoon, 
you see that inside is not the, the body of a human, but appears to be that of a, a forest dragoon, a dragon-like creature, green scales and fangs, uh, similar to true dragons, but but one of its lesser cousins is clearly dead, having been drained of all fluids. And I, I, I say that down to Luthander. Sorry, what's it called again, Nate? A dragon, a dragoon? Dragoon. Dragoon, obviously dead. We'll burn him when we leave the place. And he goes to the next one. He just leaves it hanging up. Okay. Give me the roll. Five. Five. Four legs gives it away almost immediately, but you can see there what looks like that to be some sort of large dog or wolf. Its hair sort of falling out in clumps. Uh, all of the fluids drained from its body. All, all drained, obviously, dead or? Dead, yes. Dead wolf or dog. Um, he goes to the next one. He leaves it hanging. Again, he's, there's no reason to cut these ones down. Unless there's loot. Okay, uh, give me another d12. Lavander, do you want to search the dead dog for loot? I can do this. <laughs> dead dragon. I'll search a dead dragon. All right, uh, six. Six? This one similarly looks to be the, the emaciated skeleton of an elk. Thinking about Luthander's words, he tells Addy to take him back to the dragoon. He cuts down the dragoon, and then we go to the the last one. I okay, still leave one. the wolf and the elk. We're not searching a dead elk. Uh, nine. Nine. Uh, and so here, looking there, this larger cocoon, it, it looks like it might first show some sort of signs of promise. But then as you peer up into its, uh, its resiny folds, you see what looks to be trapped in here, a body of a medium-sized brown bear. That's a little drunk. Um, not that, not that bear. Not that bear. So he'll he'll leave the animals hanging, and so we've got the the dwarf and the dragoon on the ground. I look over. I guess uh, is Jericho done with the first one? And is Mort still reading? Is she in a better space? Is there anything I notice about this like wealthy looking gentleman? Any identifying features or anything? So uh, you would obviously tell that he's from somewhere else. Uh, he looks like a man of wealth. Never seen him before. He certainly you know, looks vaguely familiar-ish. Give me a, a, a history check here. That is a 16. 16. So as you, you study this man's face, you can't be totally sure, but you think you saw this man a couple of days ago at the carnival near the gambling tents. <laughs> that is the appropriate reaction to a... a- so-so roll. Sure, her words were never spoken. So, Lathander, as you inspect the body of the dwarf, you, you crack open the cocoon, and it just it reeks awfully. Like, whatever they this, these spider things use to feast upon their prey smells just as bad as they do when they're dead. Okay. However, on this fallen adventurer, you find in his pack is a, is a, a small silver flute, a banged up little tin of blueberry snuff, coin pouch but the real prize is what you see in this, the scabbard uh, along his belt. He seems to have been caught, uh, been killed with his weapon unsheathed. Brief inspection reveals that he is carrying a Sarek Iron short sword. Sarek Iron is famous uh, for its fine quality and its ability to have almost magical power in terms of maintaining a sharp lethal edge this is this is something that, that's fairly valuable uh, and unusual that this poor fellow happened to be carrying on him nice good find and the dragoon uh, it is simply a dead animal 
but an exotic one. Having done all that, I think uh, Nevitz kind of walk over and offers more a hand if she's ready to stand up and join the, the waking world entirely. Um, more kind of senses you walking over and she peeks over your journal and just places in one hand, grabs your hand with the other. And if you help her up, she immediately just goes back to reading the journal and just she's engrossed with it right now. The rest of us don't know about the miscolored panel that you saw. I, I don't have any other reason to be in this room and not to want to burn it all down. Can I just add, we, we haven't decided how we, what we're going to do with this. Unconscious oh, guy? Un- Correct. Unconscious fella. Yeah. Jericho, you still have the ability to breathe a little life into one more? I like raise my hand and sparks come out of it. Jericho saunters up to this guy. Point of GM mercy. The, this person is not in danger of dying from lack of hit points. They're suffering from a enervating condition. And so you wouldn't need a cure spell on them. You need a restoration spell. Okay, so we we know cure would not do anything. Okay. Give me uh, that one for free. Yeah, yeah. Anyone got a bucket of cold water handy? <laughs> in the face. I'm just going to grab him by his like collar and just give him a slap. <laughs> just pow. <laughs> and it's his, his, his head just moves limp like a sack of potatoes almost no response you see him moan softly as you hit him but no other response so, I got him by the scruff and then I'll just drop him like, whatever. he just lands with a thud it's more of a um, disease or something of the like than like a par- paralysis or comatose uh, effect than hey heal Okay. And we do not mm. see any other exits from this room, Nate? We're right. looking for doors or anything? Morse gonna slam um, Nevitt's journal shut really loud. Okay. No surprises, please. Uh, my head hurts. Right. Sorry. My bad. We are getting the heck out of here, right? I don't feel the need to push further unless we have a pressing concern to see, to see what's behind that iron door. If we're in the business of doing more stupid things, um, may I try something really quick? I'd like to point out that Moore is offering to do a stupid thing. We should take advantage of this. Try what, what, what is your... What is your... Okay. Numbers, give me a gold coin. Actually, two. I mean, we kind of all have to pull together from what we found out of the uh, that hut, but we, I, I hope I'll give her two gold. On um, Moore pockets one, <laughs> she walks over to the paneling on the wall. <laughs> Nice. Um, I mean, nice. it's not the first time. Nevis just rolls his eyes like stupid. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I'm going to walk over to the paneling that I saw um, where there's potentially a shrine. And based on what the skull said, um, more believes that this, there are how many gods? Like, or four shrines in total from the skull's um, prophecy, whatever, Maju. Um, and she's going to look for a place to place the gold coin as an offering. More as you approach this, this discolored panel on the wall, you see that it's upon closer inspection, it's not actually stone at all, but appears to be some wood painted over thick gray paint uh, to disguise it as stone. Hey, um... Adewale? What? What? 
You got one more punch in you. <clears throat> Using his greatsword as a cane of sorts, trudge over because he's still weak in the knees. He's still close to death here. What do I need to hit? This wall. She points to the the faux wall. You want me to punch a stone wall? It's not stone, but yes. It looks like stone. It's an illusion, a trick. Do I need? Do I need to aim anywhere? Right here. She just points to the center of the wooden panel. He switches the greatsword to his left hand as he's right hand dominant and reels back and gives a the, the, the amount of strength he has left in his body right now. It gives a decent swing at it, um, putting putting his weight behind it, but not as strong as it could have been. All right, and so as you, as you wind up, your fist goes straight through this piece of wood, splintering it, and pull back. The plank comes free of the wall from where it had been affixed with just a few masonry nails. You see that there in a small alcove is a very simple stone shrine set in with, uh, looks like some papers scattered along the, the basin of it. And on the back is a just very simple mural that says, Dark blessings flow through the mother of the Umbra flow. Does Umbra flow mean anything to us? So you know that it's the... Uh, so actually make an arcana check there, Jericho. You should know this. Let's find out. Right. Ed Wallen knows this. He did research. That's... Um... An eight. So you know that it's a reference to the the source of dark magic. It's something that is a a corruption of the the Zionthus, the natural font of all magic in in the world. There is a dark goddess Shaada who is supposed to be directly associated with this source of evil magic. Nevitz looks over to Luthander and says, "Did Ade just punch through a stone wall?" Luthander. Nods and says, and that's not the weirdest thing we've seen today, isn't that something? More is what, 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 what are we looking at? Do you see something? It's a shrine to, to a good god. Like the burning text above my head is gonna like read. What was it? Zahada? Jaada. 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 No, bueno. No good. Bad. Don't want to be with this one, eh? More. Does your reading of the omen say that this is the way forward? Give a gold to receive that a witch is greater than gold. Do you think that only applies to the skulls? I think it's worth a gold. And Nevitz pulls his sword and kind of <laughs> makes sure everyone's like prepared for whatever happens. Before, before we get any ideas about more adventures, I feel like I could topple over any minute. Are you sure? You want to test fate again. I I think it's best you maybe go back and see if Jericho uh, can use what left for their arcane ability to heal you. But uh, I, for one, don't ever want to come back down here again. Since we're here, curiosity, Anataz. I'm going to come over and like put my arm around around my good pal and uh, do a little, little finger wiggle sparkles and uh, throw, throw a brick down a hallway <laughs> five <laughs> uh, six 
Six. Six hit points. Blessings of the gigantic dice. And Luthander nods and says, and the guy we saw that got us down here in the first place. Does this person on the ground look anything like the person we saw? Or sound or sound anything? I don't think we saw anybody, but we, I think we definitely heard someone. He hasn't made any noise since you freed him, but he's clearly he did human groan and after Jurgle slapped, slapped the ever-living slap out of him. That's actually a really good point. Didn't I see him? The, see who? The person that we came down here, the guy who was making the noise. I remember... The one who's been vision? captured by the yeah. weird yeah. evil things. Blanket. I mean, Shadow I blanket believe blanket. that's part of... I think we're... It was a trick. I think we were lured down here. Um, I don't think there's somebody down here. But um, I'm going to go over to the guy and take a look at his face and see if it's the guy from the vision. Yeah. So you remember that the guy from the vision was distinctly like a silhouette, like a just a, a shape, like a black yeah. thing cut out. And this is, so while this person is dark skinned, they definitely have a shape and a face. I think it was all a trick. Anyways, <laughs> I flip the coin and I go back to the shrine. More, as you look at the shrine, you see that the, the papers scattered around the basin aren't just random prayer sheaves. They actually look to be spell scrolls. Ooh, okay. Let me read some of those. Uh, so you can see that a, a cursory look here shows that the of the papers, there are four scrolls present. Uh, a scroll of bless, a scroll of cure wounds, a scroll of protection from poison, and a scroll of revivify. Wow, that is very convenient. Marsh is going to start grabbing scrolls and um, just hand them over to Jericho. Revivify. That would work on the guy who's passed out, right? If he was dead. Yeah, that's... Uh, uh, oh, it's, okay. Yeah. We could kill him, and then... <laughs> I feel Eddie actually said that. Yeah. That was in character. All right. More. That's awesome. Yep. Best way, the best way out is through. Who's the closest to the door right now? Oh, son of a bitch. Lee, Luthander, and Nevitz, because I think everyone else kind of moved forward towards more. Yeah, I think you're right. We just cut down the cocoons, so we're further in. Luthander, give me a perception check. That is a 9 plus 7, 16. 16. So you hear a faint thump echoing from somewhere in the catacombs. Could I tell direction? The echo distorted it. Okay. Uh, so, Luthander will say, "There's, there's still things down here with us, so we, we need to make a call one way or the other." I think. Okay, so Luthander's going to look around and look at each person and uh, just say, "Does ever, does everyone feel like they can go on? Not does I'm, everyone want to go on? Does everyone feel like they could?" I'm fine. I haven't, I haven't been injured. I don't like the way you worded that question. It. Did not give me the option to say no. So, so that's a yes. Going to acknowledge at a while. Two yeses. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't feel the best I've ever felt, but if the gang wants to go on, I'm a team player. She says with uh, her skin is more um, faint than usual. Jericho gives it an okay symbol. Asmore mm-hmm. says that you feel something grab your ankle. 
Me? That's you, more. <laughs> it's been a good day, more. More just screams. She's like, and just kicks off whatever's on her ankle. Kick off. You see that the, the person you free from the cocoon is rolled over onto his belly and reached out to touch you and just, just faintly moaned, more pockets the coin she has in her hand. You know what? I think that's divine intervention if I've ever seen it. I think we get out of here and we can just never come back. Or if we are forced to come back because, again, curiosity, all that fun stuff, we come back with a plan. A burning text appears above Jericho's head. Or perhaps an army? Question mark. Or that <laughs> one. Or that one, yes. Eddie, can you pick up can you pick up the man? You know me, strong as ever. And I'll, Adawa will go down and sling the man over his shoulder. Okay, and he just, he makes it like, oof, as he gets up on your shoulder, but he, he's like a, a wet sandbag, makes no attempt to resist. And as we're leaving this shrine room, once everyone turns their back, um, in true teenager fashion, more just like flips off the shrine. <laughs> <laughs> Nevitz will wave, um, everyone else ahead he'll he'll offer to take up rear guard uh, just in case and that noise does come from behind us ask you know looks at Luthander maybe to take the front in case the noise was from in front of us mm-hmm. Nevis make a perception check uh, boy. not my best seven on the die for a nine as you all file out one by one from the, the shrine room with the cocoons you come out there to your right the tunnel's still heading north there's some noise that you can't quite put your finger on what is it? it almost sounds like voices but in no language you've heard of before coming from the depths of this complex no sir I don't like it there are people out here further up the tunnel and I vote we ignore them it's better to be safe with our family than risk our ad tail ends for whatever they have to offer us who's taking point then uh, Luthan is taking point the Luthander's in front, walking down this perfectly fine tunnel that, although dark and still smelling of that ammonia chemical stink, appears to be unchanged from when you passed the first time. Following with Jericho, then Atawale with the man slung over his shoulder, and then more, and then Nevitz in the rear who just can't quite shake off that faint sound that's lingering further down the complex. It's almost like a little, like... And as Lathander rounds the tunnel, passing the iron door that was leaking that purple mist, that you head back towards the base of the well, and that is where Lathander is the first person to see the rope spooled at the bottom of the well. It gets worse, actually, because uh, Nevis was planning on the rope being there. He, he took the rear because he really wanted to see what was in that door after everyone else was out of harm's way. So after everyone else goes ahead, he, no in the last corner... He just stays back and quietly opens the door uh, to see what the purple smoke is. He's also 16 because like, he was having a freak out 30 minutes ago. Now he just wants to go on more adventures. So as Nevitz peers through the, the, the iron door that's on its hinges, you see this square-shaped room that's maybe like 25 feet on each side, but that it's just full of this billowing purple mist that has that horrible ammonia stink just wafting off of it. Uh, And it looks like, at first you think there might be some sort of stylized inscription on the stone walls, until then you realize that it actually looks like 
scratches, like something had dragged its claws over and over and over again, like it was trying to escape. But on the far wall, just past the mist, you can make out uh, the faint image of this stone bas-relief pictograph that seems to have writing on it that you can't make out from this far through the mist. Did anybody else in the party notice Nevitz peel off? I don't know I was going to make a perception check for this because that's his brother and he always keeps tabs on him no matter what, in what situation. His brother is his number one priority. 25 for stealth. This is the only 19 I've rolled this entire adventure. Beautiful. I love it. All right. That is a 22 for perception. Uh, unfortunately, or fortunately, depending on your perspective, Nevit still beats it. So as, as everyone else has gone to see that their escape route is now lying at the bottom of the well, Nevitz is unmolested as he has the opportunity to peer further into what is going on here. Knowing his friends can make a safe escape up the rope, he very rapidly casts light and dashes to, to read the symbols because he wants to jot it down in his book and then he'll meet up with his friends. Hey, hey, hey. So as Nevitz goes through the first, this cloying mist almost feels like it sticks to you. It has a, its own sort of awful weight that makes your skin feel clammy and numb the, the moment that it seeps under your clothing. So give me a DC 13 constitution save. Ooh, all right. Uh, I've got a plus four to this, so not my worst save. I rolled a six for a 10. A 10. So Nevitz is now has the poisoned condition. Right. But you get close enough. When you cast light, you can see that this relief on the far wall depicts one of these spider things in what almost looks to be a form of bowing or supplication to a robed figure that doesn't have a face. Written below it, the words, Bordrud is the master, you shall serve him. So with the, the poison seeping in, like it, it, he's inhaling it and it's cooling his skin. Like it, it just feels like his hand is cramping up, but he kind of fights through it and he opens his journal light on his pen and he starts copying down the the image as well as he can and then the, the words. Meanwhile, the other four are now sitting there with the person they might have rescued except they seem to now have been trapped at the bottom of the well. What is your reaction? Do we notice Nevitz isn't there? Or? Nope. You're blissfully unaware of Nevitz being absent in the rear at this point. Unaware that Nevitz is not with us. Adewale has a javelin with him. Could he tie the rope to the javelin and I'm assuming we're 60 feet down. I'm assuming I could throw it further with a strength roll, but the range of a javelin uh, 120 feet. Could I throw a javelin up and out and hopefully get it stuck enough to where I can pull? The shorter answer is no. And the reason why is you'd, you'd be throwing it blind out the lip of the well and hoping to hit something hard enough and solid enough to bear your weight. You have no way of knowing if there's anything that would meet those qualifications. I just have a mental image of him, of him hitting a child, like it falling down the well. <laughs> I, if this was DCC, you'd make a luck check right now, probably. <laughs> probably. <laughs> but you're not that lucky. Don't blame me. Blame Gooey Cube. Uh, I will look at the group and say, I have an idea, but through process of elimination, most likely won't work. Anyone else? As he looks at the group and eyes Luthander... Jericho and more. Luthander is going, 
to examine the wall of the well. I assume it's smooth, Nate. Correct. I mean, we're not we're not talking something with handholds and things. So just to eliminate that as an option, just in case you were being really nice. I, I think uh, while while you're studying the wall, I want to hmm? summon some like dancing lights and like send them up through the tube, like of of the well itself, so we can like kind of see the inside to see if there's any any way we could try to climb up the the well. And just to paint the scene while everyone else is being productive, Moore is literally like, just like kicks the wall of the well and it's just, today's not our day. Dancing lights climb up out of the well. You can see that it looks like if you were exceptionally skilled and took your time, that a, a small, nimble person might be able to climb their way back up out of it. Excellent. I look behind me to check to see where Nevitz is at. Yeah, Luthander has the same thought. And that's about when you notice that Nevis isn't there. I mean, that presupposes there were no problems. I recorded everything perfectly and have returned to the group. We're assuming that didn't happen. I see. Right. Okay, so Luthander looks at Jericho, looks at everyone else. Luthander just looks genuinely shocked that we're down a person, but doesn't say anything at this point. He doesn't know what to do. No suggestions, nothing. Noticing that Nevitz isn't with us. Um, Adewale, putting his brother before everyone, is going to drop the body where he is. The body lands with a, with a, a, a meaty thud. Oof. The body's like, hey, I'm still alive, man. It's not a body yet. <laughs> we should do weekend at Bernie's with the body. <laughs> <laughs> we uh, And then I start walking back the way we came uh, towards the metal door that is now... From what I hopefully what I can see cracked open a bit and say little bugger I think I know where he went give me a perception check there Adewale okay 15 plus 4 19 total 19 Adewale as you spy into this room you can see the the mist all billowing about Uh, you can see your 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 Little brother, Hanataz, there scribbling uh, down his notebook that even as his hand is cramping up. But from your vantage point, being much taller and not actually in the, the poisonous mist, you can see that there's actually a dark circle in the floor. Uh, there appears to be a pit that is the source of this mist. Large, is about 10 feet in diameter. And Nevitz, unbeknownst to him, is about three feet from the lip of it. Nevitz, before you move, don't move. That made sense in my head. Moving on, <laughs> there is a pit that you are standing on the edge of. Uh, Nevitz looks behind him, probably a little shocked. I mean, he, I think he's, it's not only affecting his uh, physical, I think he's probably a bit out of it uh, cognitively as well. Uh, just give me give me another another two minutes and we can, we can leave this place behind. Uh, is everyone else already up? There is no up at the moment. You mean there's no up? The rope fell. Rope fell or it was cut? It's on the ground, so, I mean, by law of gravitation, um, it fell. Whether it was cut beforehand, I don't know. Nevitz finishes, he just kind of scribbles the last bit just to get the main sketch marks, um, and he closes it, and I assume he sees the pit uh, below him? Yes, so Nevitz is... After Adewale points it out, you can as you squint, even though your eyes are watering, your nose is running, the, the this horrible purple mist is 
clearly affecting your senses. Now that you're, you're this close and aware of it, you can see that, yes, a, a stone's throw in front of you is the lip of some pit that you can't see the bottom of because it's so choked with purple mist. Uh, Adewale is gonna brave the purple mist and go pick up his brother because he can tell, I'm hoping he can tell that he's not 100% okay in there. Have, have we caught up by this point? Great question, More First, I need a DC 13 constitution check from Adewale for the poison. I was gonna kiss. Okay, I have proficiency. Uh, that is a 15. 15. Okay, so you, so even though it still stings at your eyes like tear gas, you're able to, to wade your way through. More Jericho and Lathander have definitely noticed by now that Nevitz is missing and that Adewale ran off in a huff having dropped the man to, to, to go and find him. And as you're taking stock of this, Moore feels a hand on her shoulder. This again. And it's an incredibly, incredibly cold touch. And you hear a voice that seems to be whispering directly into your ear, but not quite. Rasp out. You didn't think it would be that easy, did you? Adewale, as you reach Nevitz, you hear a loud crum, as almost like it was with some unseen magic force. The iron door that was askew writes itself on its hinges and slams shut, locking you inside. So, uh, hopefully, Nevitz and I are able to make our way to the door to check it out. Well, um, does Nevitz on, come with me to look at this door? Because I'm I mean, looking I, at this door. I, I assume I can't resist. I assume you're actually physically picking me up. Um, yes. And just you don't have it. As he looks at the hole, he does cast light on a stone and throw it down the hole to see what's down there. I, I don't think he's got um, survival mode on right now. He's just in curiosity mode. Okay, fair enough. So you, uh, so Nevitz, you use your, your natural abilities to call upon a little twist of the Zionthus to light up a pebble and chuck it down into the well. You can hear the little whistle of it echoing as it falls down, and then a little meaty thwap. Did you say meaty? Meaty. Meaty thwap. Yeah. Oh, meaty. Must have, been, must have thrown one of those meat stones against the floor. <laughs> I don't like meaty. That's a worry. Oh, God. And it is followed by a... (laughs) As you hear the loud... (laughs) Of something dragging itself up out of the well. I think I hear something. And that's where we'll pause for the week. So this (laughs) ended worse than last week. Yeah. 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 No, but last Uh, week you were totally safe. You won last week. You are doing great. Yeah, now you're trapped in a poisonous room with a beast. We had poison protection. We could have cast it on you. We you did. could have. You know <laughs> we have the scrolls. You had the scroll. But it now we have right revivify. Th- we can uh, open the door and revivify you. So you've got, you've got a minute you. after I drop. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, all right. Feeling good you about this. this. You're totally fine. Yeah, yeah. we're fine. Hey everybody, thanks for joining us on Visions Veiled and Violent, a D&D actual play of Gooey Cube's Darkest Dream Adventure from the Red Star Rising campaign. All artwork, names, locations, and characters from the world of Zayate are the sole property of Gooey Cube and used with permission. Check out all their maps, adventures, and other original content at gooeycube.com. A special thanks to Tabletop Audio for providing the fantastic music that accompanied this episode. 
As ever, if you enjoyed what you heard today, please like, rate, and subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. And if you really enjoyed what you heard, please consider subscribing to our Patreon at the $3 tier. That support keeps the torches lit and the dice rolling, ensuring that our adventures continue to unfold. Remember, you don't know the burden others have carried to arrive at your gaming table. So, be kind. Safe travels until next week, when we return to Visions Veiled and Violent.